Welcome to episode 16 of the Bag Deboarded Podcast. I'm here with JP. Hey. JP, how you doing today? With I'm a, good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here today to talk about the comic news that came out from July 29th to today, which is August 5th, I believe. Yes, it is. Good thing I can check the date with an app. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about October solicitations for both Marvel and DC, what's kind of come out through there. But there's been some news related to comics and movies, of course, because now it seems like every day there's movie information about some type of superhero comic book or some type of graphic novel that's coming to the big screens. Not as much comic information as usual, it seems like, just becoming a trend. But immediately you want to start off with some pretty interesting information. But before we get there, just so everybody knows... This is the Bag and Border Podcast, a weekly podcast regarding comic book news and all things comic books. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just type in the Bag and Border Podcast. You'll find us there. You can go to SoundCloud and type in the Bag and Border Podcast, and we'll be there as well. You can follow us at the Weekly BB on Twitter. We're always throwing shout-outs there. Give us a comment. Give us a line. See what you think about our podcast. Really appreciate it. So back to the news, though. Big one that came out that I thought was fairly interesting is that Spotify which we all know is the music streaming giant, has partnered with Archie Comics to actually adapt the first six issues of the 2015 reboot that Mark Wade did uh, with Fiona, Fiona Staples. They're going to actually make it a motion comic, and those six issues are already currently available on the platform. Now, today I was looking at them. I was trying to find them on at least the actual like Spotify app. I didn't find them on the app, so I'm guessing you actually have to go to Spotify.com, but I'll have to do some research do some digging into that. I mean, that's pretty interesting to me that this motion comic thing might be more and more prevalent, and it could be one of the situations that that might be where comics are going. I mean, JP, what are your experience with motion comics? You read any in the last uh, couple of years since kind of the inception of them, I'd say? Probably some Marvel stuff. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I mean, one, uh, I was about to say Smallville. What is the Archie show called? Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, it makes sense because the show is popular. Archie is something accessible. Everyone knows superheroes, so at this point, the people that are going to read superheroes will, and those who won't, won't. Uh, so trying a comic character who's a classic comic character but not a superhero, uh, I think is a pretty interesting move, uh, and it kind of makes sense for Spotify to choose something different yet familiar. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you read these things, but... Yeah, Sounds we'll, like a good idea. We'll dig into that because, yeah. I mean, this is definitely something I find interesting seeing Spotify is a big name. Uh, Netflix is doing it with the Magic Order as well. Um, or at least Mad- Magic Order and Netflix are teaming up. That's the uh, Miller World stuff. And uh, I would say, I mean, Riverdale has a pretty decent following. And a lot of the people that tend to watch Riverdale are the CW's demographic, which I just ran with. Yeah, saying, I think like, that's why I said small. 13 to 36, probably. But a lot of those teenagers that watch it, um, that might actually bring them into it because I still keep saying this, folks, kids do not read today. It's very yeah. hard to get someone to read, so maybe you put some motion, some animation, which stimulates them more just looking at a static picture, maybe this will bring them into it. So it's very interesting. We'll see where it goes. We'll definitely follow up with the next episode to see, you know, we'll find it, we'll read it, and we'll see how we experienced it and see what we could do. I have seen the Marvel uh, once before, especially I think when they used to do the animated series stuff, or sometimes mm-hmm. they did like a, I think it was either Civil War or House of M, like motion comic or motion trailer to mm-hmm. kind of get you involved there. And um, it's just something very interesting there. So we'll keep an eye on it. Another thing though that came out uh, regarding movies or multimedia is that the design for the Spider Man Homecoming sequel, um, the logo is reversed. It's red with a yellow outline rather than a yellow with a red outline. 
Um, subtitle, similarly plays on handwriting of graffiti-inspired font with a spray-painted Spider-Man in place of the O. So, um, was it Far From Home is what the title is at this point. I believe that's what we know. That sounds, yeah. J.B. Smooth is supposed to be in it as a villain. Um, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal might be in it as Mysterio. Mysterio from, what I, yeah, from what I've heard. So, I don't believe... no one. J.B. Smooth's character has not been confirmed. Gyllenhaal has not actually been confirmed for the project. Um... You know, we know it comes after Infinity War Part 2. Right. So we know that Spider-Man will come back. Obviously, you can't sit there and have <laughs> your flagship character be dead. Yeah, um, I mean, well, he is dead, but... Yeah, well, dead for that long. Right. Um, unless it's going to be Spider-Man in the spirit world, which would be quite odd. But so, <laughs> that came out. Just a little factoid there. Another one, you know, in regards to movies and films... This one's an interesting one. We're going to talk about this for a quick second. So, the actor and stand-up comedian Mark Maron, who some people know from Glow, he's the director on Glow in the actual TV show. He looks like uh, he's got that the salt. Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about uh, female wrestling yeah, in the yeah, '80s. Yeah. So he's got the salt and pepper mustache, salt and pepper hair. Plays a real like just kind of dick, sarcastic director. Just mm-hmm. doesn't want to be bothered, but he <laughs> cares. Loves to do drugs, that type of thing. <laughs> well, he, him, and Robert De Niro have both been confirmed. For the upcoming Joker Origins movie, huh. which is directed by Todd Phillips, this Origin movie will has already cast Joaquin Phoenix, who's one of my favorite actors, yeah, as the Joker. So as long as choice. the script is good, I think mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix can definitely bring it what yeah. needs to be brought. Especially that this is definitely the prequel, so this will be the progression of Joker, uh, probably you know actually falling into the vat, becoming right. the Joker, kind of that Red Hood uh, mantra a failed stand-up comedian, that type of thing. But supposedly Marin will be playing a booking agent for Robert De Niro, who will be playing a talk show host. So I'm assuming that Joker goes on there and he just bombs, and that might just be part of his mental depression <laughs> that collapses him into um, further there. But uh, it should be pretty interesting. It looks like it's set for the 80s. Um, hmm. At least based on the article I read that the setting should be the 80s. Uh you know, we'll see Joaquin Phoenix probably transform, and I just think that uh, it probably will be a pretty decent movie, especially if they allow the Joker to be the Joker. Uh, don't don't go outside the box on him. At least just pull right. from some type of media. I see that articles are reporting that this is kind of similar to I think the Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight. Storyline. Uh, I'm trying to think of what um, cartoon it is that has uh, Joker's whole origin in it. I know one of those animated DC movies. And of course, there's been countless comics that have done their versions of it. So hopefully, the movie doesn't do anything too wild, like you say. And this will be part of the worlds of uh, DC. Yeah, because apparently it's unconnected to uh, what's his name that's Joker in the DC, like, well, the whole universe, the collective. Yeah, the worlds of DC. Yeah, what's, well, the main movie universe who's joker again jared leto yes apparently this is like completely unconnected oh really yeah so this is not well that's why it's the worlds of dc oh it's different worlds oh oh no dc do not be making no, some, yeah. some I like crisis that joker, but i like joaquin phoenix as well i think i like him as joker well, so no i'm all for it i'm just saying like if they plan on eventually do some crisis nonsense where like okay they're gonna, I think they're, so. I they're think gonna slam just... all the worlds and be then they're nah, gonna have the three jokers so. and the play into the current storyline that might be happening i think they'll treat it just like they do the animated movies because all the animated movies aren't connected that's true mm. that's true so dc 
Um, speaking of Worlds of DC, the Flash movie will start filming um, this winter of 2019. It's going to be happening in February. You know, we'll see what happens. That should be interesting. I mean, I don't think Ezra Miller would have been my first choice. No. But he isn't the worst choice, I don't think. No, I mean, in the movie, I didn't think he was that bad. I know some people complained about his running, his form. Where yeah. his arms look like they're kind of just like flailing along, yeah. um, but that's that a small attention. point. Yeah, I mean he's running so fast that I don't think his arms really matter yeah. to me too much. He ain't Quicksilver, so you know. <laughs> yeah, he is it. <laughs> so we've also seen some more comic book news actually come out. So let's talk about a few of it. So right away, Scott Snyder at San Diego Comic Con, he said that he will be on Justice League for at least fifty issues. This is coming off of the Justice, No Justice storyline was four issues, as well as the new Justice League title, which is out, which every like five or six issues, James Tinian will actually write a story from the villain's perspective. So JP and I were talking about this before the episode started, and uh, I've read, so I've read the Justice, No Justice recently, and then I've read all the issues of Justice League, and... um, so the No Justice storyline was basically Brainiac comes to the heroes and says, hey, the source wall's got a leaking hole. Energy's coming flying out of it. These Omega Titans are going to come through and they feed off four different emotional spectrums, essentially. And they're going to come in and they're going to eat planets and absorb their energy. And this is all because, of course, the heroes of DC have somehow flubbed this one. And basically Brainiac, actually, his head explodes. Um, because meanwhile, Amanda Waller, trying to do her thing, trying to save the Earth, has all the psychics that she can find in Earth digitally, like, psychic hack Brainiac. And Brainiac's, like, telling the heroes how to beat these things, and literally his head explodes because of this data. So then we get Brainiac 2.0, which is the character of Real Docs, pops out, and he wants mm. no part of the helping the heroes. So it's an interesting team because you've got Sinestro running around, you've got Lobo, Lex Luthor. Various teams, different emotional things. It wasn't a bad four issues, Mm -hmm. but then it sets up... The big thing it sets up is the idea of creating the Justice League, and so the Hall of Justice is reopened, and they're making a team. John Jones has been elected as the actual chairman. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny. They showed that in Metal, but they showed that, but then it just kind of, like, they hammered the point in even more with, yeah, Justice, no Justice. DC continuity, I can't. So John Jones becomes the chairman... Unanimous well, that's vote. That's cool. Okay, some yeah. Some Martian, Martian Manhunter, Man. who like by the way, just like was kind of randomly rewritten back into DC. Comics oh yeah, after, I, I like, was a about to mention like Cyborg definitely replaced him. Yes, uh, as and the new Fifty Two. Yeah, remember? So yeah, I I yeah I just started reading Martian Manhunter in random comics again. Yeah. just like oh okay he's here. And they just keep saying oh he's he's back oh it's great to have you back. John. Yeah, so I do remember when New Fifty Two first started how there was a splash page within the first few issues of the team fighting Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. as if he was an enemy, but apparently he's a former team member now or something. Yeah, I yeah. Actually, I do remember that because I remember when they. With that. Yeah, they kind of announced him back. It was kind of like, what yeah. are they doing? But then again, there's been allusions in the comics to Cyborg actually partnering with some of the Titans at mm-hmm. some point. And since his origin story is the first few issues of Justice League New 52, mm-hmm. I don't know how that fits in any kind of continuity that he would have been in any kind of Titans or even a non-Titans with 
Dick Grayson and Starfire and the rest of them, but DC continuity. So as people can tell, JP not a not a fan of the DC right now. I like the characters. I just don't understand what they do. So um, at this point, though, we had you know some combos of Sinestro with like Starfire having to coexist on a team. You had Lex Luthor and Batman on a team. Beast Boy was on Batman's team as well. Uh, there was one panel in No Justice that really confused me. So Wonder Woman's part of the magic team. That's cool. She's got artifacts that are magical. I get it. I'm down with that. I like Wonder Woman. Well, all of a sudden, there's a tree. And just think of a tree like one of those California redwoods that are just like, you know, people take pictures of them. And they look like a small building because they're so big. The Norse mythology world tree. So, uh, well, it's probably... That's probably a decent idea of it. But it just like, think of like, just an unnaturally thick tree trunk. Like, just something so stupid, you'd be like, yeah, that wouldn't... The only thing I can compare it to is the California Redwoods because they're gigantic. They're humongous trees that have, yeah, like, you know, it would take right multiple people to put their arms around the thing. But so Wonder Woman, in order to energize this tree with a, a specific energy source, or I believe she was part of the team Wonder, which was the magic-based team, mm-hmm. Dr. Fate, Zatanna, Raven, her, might have been one other person on the team, she takes her lasso... And somehow throws the entire thing around this tree. The base of the tree. It made no sense to me because how did her lasso become so gigantic? Because magic. I, I guess. I guess that's the only thing we can say as readers. Like, I was really like... It's one of those things that I was like, okay, this comic's all right. Like, this is, you know, it's a crossover, so it's an event. So you got to deal with some of that. It's not going to be as smooth as you want it. But then all of a sudden, when you see this, I was like, what? Like, this was the only thing they did wrong in this comic, I feel like. And they got to do whatever they got to do and to it was, get you to look at Justice League Dark. Yeah, one, and so that's true. And that's what <laughs> No Justice, um, the spinning out, which we talked about episodes way back when it first came out, but now yeah. we actually had time to read it. Yeah. Um, you got Justice League Dark showing up. You got Odyssey. You got um, the regular Justice League comics. There's like four Justice League comics right now or going to be coming out within the next month or two. And it's some interesting stuff right there. But going back to Justice League, so issue one starts and we're basically kind of seeing an energy source is coming, which they call the totality, which is from the source wall. It's kind of like a uh, messenger. And John Jones is completely like... The Martian Manhunter, for those who... I'm just calling him John Jones, because mm. that is his actual other name. So, Martian Manhunter is all concerned. But meanwhile, the rest of the team are fighting these random kind of... Uh, oh, man. Troglodytes is what they're called. Okay. They're just basically kind of like just subterranean people. And it turns out Vandal Savage is in charge of them. And then we see Vandal Savage for the first time, and he's in this ship. We don't know what the ship is. So the heroes do their thing, and then John's like, oh gosh, no, something else is coming, something worse is coming. And it's this energy source that basically hits smack down in the Nevada desert. Vanda Savage is then apprehended by Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor and company then just absolutely just beat him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lex Luthor has formed a Legion of Doom himself, which is Gorilla Grodd, uh, Cheetah, Black Mana, Sinestro, and the Turtle. Which the turtle is now a baby. Hmm. The turtle is the old is the villain from the Flash who slows everything down with the whole Still Force thing. So Gorilla Grodd now can use the baby and combine his mental telepathy with the baby who's got the possession of the Still Force and basically just like own Flash in any fight now. Um, 
So pretty much the whole comic, though, for the five issue arc. I know JP, you read the first issue, right? And then you were just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna have to wait till there's some kind of collected story. Yeah. Like, I don't know. At some point, I'll read through it, but like to read one issue of certain things is just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I'm finding. Uh, so yeah, once we have a, that binge, it's that binge approach now. Yeah, it's like I'm thinking like I might not not even really mess with the first storyline I might need two or three to really now Snyder's in. on there for 50 issues yeah, said, so, and he'll uh, be writing a big crossover and you know generally I, I mean he wrote Batman yep. which I, I thought was fine uh, and I followed the whole thing so if he's gonna be on there for 50 issues granted I did not really jump into the first issue all gung-ho but uh, rating that he did 50 I, I actually was not mad at that I said cool because that actually gives him a while to write the story he's going to write. It gives me a while to read a bunch of other things. And then I can see if I will enjoy a bunch of issues together. Yeah. Well, uh, so I, I'm actually quite okay with that. It seems to be the the thing now, long-term storytelling uh, with like mini arcs building a bigger story. So. Which I don't, I'm not against long-term, yeah. long-term storytelling. Um, I'm not against it at all because when you think of storytelling, like, what are the stories that people seem to like, at least in today's pop culture society? I'm just going to say, I'm just going to look at TV shows. Like, mm-hmm. people like Breaking Bad, and Breaking yeah. Bad was six seasons. We got Game of Game Thrones. Of Thrones. So, I mean, that's a huge yeah. one for people. Um, there's plenty of other ones, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there are somehow eluding me at this point. But, I mean, Sopranos was eight seasons. The Wire was eight seasons. You know, there are multiple seasons or these stories. So, we enjoy it as people. We enjoy long stories because we enjoy the characters. However, in comics... You know, it's different because you're only getting potentially 22 pages of a book a month. And sometimes you have that classic comic where it's just literally all action, no talking, or vice versa. Where there's, so, you know, you got to deal with it. But let's talk about the team of the Justice League. So right now the Justice League squad is Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Superman, Batman, um... Martian Manhunter's on there, too. Mm-hmm. Seven, right? I think it's just seven. I think so. So yeah. it's the six plus... Oh, and Green Lantern is kind of on the team, kind of not on the team okay. at this point. So, basically, I guess what... The one thing I would say that I find a little kind of lame mm-hmm. is that I think DC never really, with Justice League, and I guess it's because people have expectations of the team... They never really go off the wall with who's on the team. It's always the big three plus Flash. I mean, it's. I mean, that's. I the, think maybe that's because the classic they did so team. much of that in the past. Yeah, because when you look at like the '90s and even like earlier in the 2000s, they did switch it up a lot. There was one point where Batman was the only classic member of the team, either during I think during the '80s, uh, back when um, what's his name? Your your dude. What's your Green Lantern guy? Guy and Kyle. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, they... Well, that was Justice League International. True. Yeah. That was with Guy and Blue Beetle and Booster and Fire. But wasn't and it um, during the 90s? Maybe it was it during Grant Morrison's run when he added, like, Nightwing and, like, a bunch of other people to, to Big Barda. And, yeah, that is And then no, there was familiar. one point after that, I want to say sometime in the 2010s, where they flipped up the team. Who was on the team? There was a blue guy. Shazam was on the team. died. There wasn't Shazam, though. Like, I know Catwoman was added at one point. But I think there's so many spots in the past where they did have 
oddball members. I think I think like Avengers recently went through that kind of a period too before this recent mm, relaunch. And they're about to get that West Coast Avengers. Just, blah. True, but they've got such a classic team on the regular Avengers. But I think we're seeing you know all the standard or classic members now because they have had quite a few stints in, in, in the I guess recent past or so where they've had uh, different people. What is the blue guy? He was on the Blue team. Beetle? No. Um, Booster? Not Blue Beetle. See, but you're thinking more popular characters. Well, popular to a comic reader anyway because the common folk on the street don't know those characters, but I cannot remember his name. Um, I want to say he came from Starman Comics. I'm pulling up But it would definitely was a more here. obscure team. Let's see what we got. I'm here. Yeah, I'm going to try and find it too. Just as the new 52 was Batman, Superman, well, before The Flash. That, okay. All right. Well, they the, have gone for the classic since that. You're looking at nah. the was it the Adam? No, it wasn't him. There. Right. Pull it up here. All right, let me look at a list of Justice League members. So it's pre-New 52. I do remember it's before New 52. Hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking. Was it a, yeah. was it Black Lightning, though, in his blue and black costume? No, definitely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's says... Yeah, Nightwing was on the team. You're right. Yeah. Barda. You had Our Man, Jay, Jesse Quick, Hot Girl. Wow, I got to go back and read this, because this might be something I'm interested in. Okay, those say other members. Generation Loss. It's before this. So yeah, there was okay. So post Cry for Justice, the team was Guardian, Monel, Donna Troy, Cyborg, Cyborg, and Starfire. That's pre New Fifty Two. Uh, let's see, going back a little farther, Geo Force has been on the team. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody know Geo Force unless you really read. Comics. I know Geo Force. Well, yeah, because we're comic. And he was actually mentioned recently in the story arc. Because um, so what happens in issue one is that Martian Manhunter to stop something basically mm-hmm. blows up half the moon. And so poor Geo Force has uh, mentioned that he's up there trying to uh, make sure the tides are still going correctly because the moon obviously controls the tides of the water. So it's just funny having him. There's the shout out to Geo Force in the recent comics. Okay, so during the 90s, as a matter of fact, uh, somewhere around 96 or sometime in the ni- late 90s, that's when Grant Morrison added in. I mean, still a Green Lantern, but Kyle Rayner, yeah. a Tomorrow Woman, Aztec. I forgot about mm, that. Yes, that uh, is familiar. Connor Hot Green Arrow, uh, Oracle, who's Barbara Gordon, who is now back to being Batgirl. Uh, Plastic Man was added to the Justice League then. Uh, he had Steel and uh, Zariel, Big Barda, Our Man, Jade, Jesse Quick. That sounds like a good squad to me. Just to say, oh, and Minotaur Raven, who is uh, basically the comic version of Apache Chief. Mm, okay. Um, there was another. Well, I'm looking at that team I see yeah. right now. They're pretty. It's interesting. It's definitely a lot of tweaking and trying. I mean, like the Wonder Woman on the team, at least if I'm looking at this correctly, yeah. is not even Diana. It's Apollo. Right. It looks like. Um, you've got Steel. Kongorilla was on the team. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean they but just to say they've had a lot of a lot of um unusual characters in the past. So I think that's why post New Fifty Two we've just been getting those classic characters. Yeah, I mean I know that the big put I mean 
if you walk into a comic book store and you are a casual fan of the movies and you will, I want to read Justice League. Yeah, I mean, right. you don't want to have Aztec, Oracle, <laughs> Plastic Man, and then Batman randomly on the team. It's like you need to have the big guys, the movie guys, and I get that. It's just, you know, for me, I just want, I wish there was another, like, you know, a Justice League International or something where kind of the more kind of they're established but you only know them as com- like if you're a comic book fan and they can yeah. kind of do their own thing but um so basically back to the actual Justice League comic though so so far the five issues the fifth issue was just all perspective of the villains basically Lex after the No Justice arc knows what he has to do to basically dominate the universe um spoiler alert apologize but Sinestro has a new style of ring He's infected somebody. He's infected a lot of people with this new color, which it's called ultraviolet. So, of course, it was the invisible <laughs> yeah, spectrum. It's ultraviolet, yeah. um, so, someone has been taken over. I don't want to name who it is. It's a big character. <laughs> but um, for those that have read it, it's, it's kind of like for me, it's like, okay, Johns did something amazing with the whole seven rings or, you know, the different colored rings and the emotional mm-hmm. spectrum. And then it's like, now it's like, okay, like, I get ultraviolet is actually on the spectrum. It's like, what are you guys going to next have a gamma, you know, a gamma ring and an x-ray ring? Because technically they're on the spectrum too, <laughs> or radio ring. But I'll let it play out. I'll see what happens. Um, it was fairly interesting about how the origins of the uh, ultraviolet, because it looked like Sinestro had known about it before and kind of sealed it away. And Alex was like, well, I can help you get it back. And so Lex, like, Lex basically promised each one of them something, and then they all, of course, are working for him from there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things with, it's a long-term story, there should be good payoff, Snyder's a good writer, now that Jeff Johns has kind of got his own thing going on, he's more TV movies, Snyder has kind of stepped into that big creative architect role, so look at him and Tom King as, like, kind of your one-two punch. And then you, know, you got your Williamsons, you got your Tiny Ends, you got the other guys behind mm-hmm. him there. But oh, and don't forget Brian Michael Bendis is there too, um, <laughs> which he's doing. His, he's doing his own thing there. Yeah. And so another thing about DC Comics is that they actually canceled the scheduled hardcover collection of Shazam: The Moss Society of Evil Deluxe Edition over content concerns. Um, it was revealed that the retailer, uh, through a retailer on Twitter, that the hardcover, which collected 24 chapters of 1940s Golden Age of Shazam, you know, introducing Mr. Mind and all sorts of other characters with actual historians' perspectives on it, things like that, which sounds pretty historic, and definitely if you're a true fan of Shazam or just comics in general, this would have been a good collection, because it is a pivotal character from the superhero perspective. However, what we have to remember is that in the 40s, it was a different era, so obviously different things were deemed acceptable and things weren't, so it looks like from the one panel I saw that the depiction of there are some depictions of some Asian characters that were specifically Japanese that were very very stereotypical at the time so it looks like they're not releasing that now mm-hmm. here's my thoughts about that I understand the fear mm-hmm. of it but at the same time I feel like if long as they just in the actual book itself at the beginning said this is a work of art and it's historical this is you know we do not agree you know however we don't agree with the the material for example like we don't agree with the material however historically it's like it is something you can't ignore right and right. to me it's also a teachable moment that type of thing that's the way i look at it i know sure. some people might have been just super offended by well, it. well i think because i mean there's the racist you know tinge to it and it's 
played off as entertainment mm-hmm. is probably something they'd rather not explain. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, the idea of the, the explanation I can see where it's like, okay, first of all, it's like realistic. Like, how many of these are really they going to sell? Right. Let's be real. Right. Like, I mean, it's probably yeah, about actually... probably retail by like 125 bucks if it's one of those like on the boost hardcovers mm-hmm. or one of those absolutes. And then on top, of it, it's like, okay, are we going to really sell a bunch? Um, if we're not, maybe it's just better to pull it. You know, it is unfortunate because Shazam is a historical character. I mean, but the same the same thing would happen if they released old school Superman. I mean, there was definitely racial undertones and comments there. Well, yeah, definitely. So I'm assuming that all we are we just not going to see those old school stuff. I mean, Popeye cartoons were one of the most I thought I watched one one time. I was just blown away how just outrageously racist it was. Yeah, um, a lot of old cartoons, Looney Tunes, and I'm everything. I'm not one of those people that gets offended easily. Mm-hmm. And even like when I go, oh yeah, okay, that's bad. You can't do that. Like that was one of those. It was like, all right, no, no, no. Um, so it's interesting. I don't want. I hope this doesn't affect more and more and more comics because I mean, you could probably make an argument for a lot of characters just in general. Like I'm going to throw out a character from New Mutants, Moonstar. Um, you know, she's Native American, and it was mm-hmm. like in the comics when she was written, it was very stereotypical. I mean, she had, like, her parents, like, had these just crazy Native American names, and then um, her skin, the actual, like, what they used to do her skin tone was a very, almost like a, like a burnt red color. It wasn't, like, right. it wasn't so, like, it wasn't just, like, blatantly red, but it was, like, you right. knew what they were trying to do, however, it's, like, now, like, I'm fine with it, but it's, like, I know for a fact nowadays, if you tried to do that, there'd be... You know, oh my gosh, like, she's got the ponytails and the headband with the feathers. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's what people would be saying. I look at it as it's art. It's the whoever, you know, the perspective of the people. But they're run by big companies, not by small little people. So I totally understand why yeah. they have to do all that. Um, it is funny, though, to me, because I think a lot of times the people that are getting offended by half the stuff the comics put out don't even mm-hmm. read the comics. They're just offended in general. But that's just, that's our society, <laughs> so... Jumping over to some Marvel news, we got some good old Wolverine hot claws. That's yeah. the new hot hashtag, everybody. Hashtag hot claws. Hot claws. Yeah, so we got Charles Soule and Steve McNiven reintroducing Logan in the Marvel Universe with the return of Wolverine. It's got the new hashtag hot claws. I will definitely be hashtagging <laughs> hot claws and definitely writing a comment like, this is trash. Um, <laughs> he shouldn't have hot claws, but we'll give it a chance. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. What do with but I'll give it two issues. If it makes no sense, I'm done. Done with it. But the primary villain for the new miniseries will be someone called Persephone. I don't know who that is. I believe it's a new character. I think so. I've never heard of her. So, so you know, I don't you know, know. maybe Persephone will have hot nails, aka you know, <laughs> Lady Deathstrike. I doubt it. JP, did you watch in, uh, Invader Zim or I know, read I Johnny know. the Homicidal Maniac? Nah, I didn't. <laughs> I know of it, but no, I didn't. Watch so, well, I've got great news because I know it's got both of those. The graphic novel Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and mm. Vader's the Cartoon Show from Nickelodeon have humongous followings. And the actual creator, who unfortunately I don't know how to pronounce his name as usual, uh, I'm going to say it's Yonan Vasquez, he has posted a cryptic image to his Twitter of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. And fans are wondering if this means we're getting more content from that. So. This is what what the caption said. Murder comes in a handful of pixels. 
Hashtag JTHM. It's for Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I mean, I'll say this. Invader Zim's been off air for like 10 years. I'm not saying this guy doesn't know how to manage his money, <laughs> but it feels like the perfect time to cash in. Well, yeah. Because now it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, people knew him from John and Hymes on a Homicidal Maniac. Invader Zim was even bigger because it was a TV show. So he's going to throw out his creative weight and see what happens. So I'm wondering, are we going to get more of a graphic novel with this character? Are we going to get a cartoon show? I'm not 100% positive there. But it should be interesting to see what happens there. So, JP, what are you reading this week? Anything anything good? You know, I read Justice League and No Justice, read a little bit else, but what about you? Yeah. What you reading? So, from this past week, uh, I checked out Adventures of Super Sons, first issue, uh, which is pretty fun, uh, because everything else is like death and bleak and depression. Everything's uh, dark. Yeah. Everything's dark or so comedic, it's not even like fun. Yeah, so that's the thing. I felt, well, one, they were like, 12 year olds so like or if they're even that old so like the first issue is actually them getting out of school for the summer uh and damien i think drops a line saying uh that jonathan uh who is superman's son is going to be staying in the wayne's house uh for the first few weeks of summer uh basically as a cover-up for them to go on their own mission they're being pursued i don't want to give the whole plot away there was a older um super sons comic book uh, which ended, so now we have Adventures of Super Sons, which it's a maxi series, so it's mm-hmm. 12 issues. This was just the first issue uh, this past week, but it sets up a fun premise. Um, it's not, you know, even though they're they're two little boys who are not even teens yet, it's not over the top with, with the comedy. Of course, they're kids, so they're, you know, well, Jonathan's the more humorous one, but, you know, Damien's not funny at all. It's just... <laughs> He's a very straightforward kid, uh, way advanced for his age. Uh, but the pairing is fun to watch. It's like a immature Batman and a you know more goofier Superman. So for those that know the Batman Superman relationship, because it's been in a bunch of movies and cartoons and comics for years now, uh, this is like an interesting take on it. Um, but a fun comic, you know, watching them fight. It's got good action in there. Uh, Good reading. Uh, the complete opposite of that. I know we both read Death of Inhumans. Yes. Uh, the second issue just came out this week. Uh, so uh, probably not as many important deaths, but uh, probably a, a way higher death toll. Oh, no, I guess it amounts to what the death toll was in the first issue. Uh, but it's it's one of those books where it's just like kill everybody. Yeah, so basically Death of the Humans too. We definitely get the confirmation that Maximus is dead and Lockjaw's dead. We For knew Triton was dead. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, I'm already predicting how they come back. I'm Lockjaw's saying, gotta come back. Yeah, yeah. And, and Maximus too has to come back at some point too. Because, he don't you know, have to. He will. He will. <laughs> um, so basically, like JP said, you know, Black Bolt's now feeling very pissed off very angry he's gonna actually go take things in his own hands and he decides to show up to the Kree which we find out the Kree that actually have created Vox which is kind of the mm-hmm. hybrid superhuman, is just a group of Kree soldiers that were on like a very long exploration mission and when they came back to uh, Hala which is the Kree homeworld it was destroyed yeah they don't fuck with the supreme intelligence is what they said to Karnak who kind of was sent as an envoy and then basically, um, Karnak kind of, you know, says, oh, well, I didn't come here to surrender. 
and then Black Bolt out of nowhere just starts blowing everything up yep. and he starts crushing it and then all of a sudden Vox basically like stabs Karnak Karnak gets stabbed he's been being held like hostage and then Black Bolt kind of like looks to like almost signal like hey Karnak like do what you need to do or like I'll don't worry or like I'll blow you up something like that mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm just gonna kill everybody so you know that you could die here and Karnak's like yeah cool you're my king. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Vox somehow teleports across the yeah. room and then slits Black Bolt's throat. And that's how the comic pretty much ended. Yeah. So. I mean, Black Bolt's on the next cover. Yeah. So. So it's one of those uh, things that's like, are we really going to get it like an Inhumans comic where Black Bolt's vocal cords are you know, ripped out or basically slit? I mean, it, it could make for an interesting angle, you know, to, to, to see what they could do with him if he doesn't have his powers. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, though, that I did see that since. And I don't know how long this has been going because I didn't read a lot of Charles Soule's Inhumans run. Cause I didn't read any of them. I'm not the biggest fan of Charles Soule. I'm I, not the biggest fan of Inhumans. I don't so, dislike them. But yeah. I just don't really no, them. I know what you mean. I think they're not for everyone. Um, but pretty much, I didn't really pay attention to Charles Soule's Inhumans run. So I apologize to those big time Inhuman fans because I know there's <laughs> like 30 of you out there. Right. Um, but pretty much, what had occurred though was, as I've lost my train of thought, uh, Black Bolt. So a lot happened. Oh my gosh, how did I just forget this? So <laughs> this is awful. All right, well, I forgot that. I'll come back to it in a moment. But his Inhumans run did a lot of different things to him and, you know, created a lot of humans on Earth, which they keep talking about, like Miss Marvel, as well as, I think, Synapses one. Yeah, I, um, I think in the beginning of the book, they kind of show, like, a page that had, like, various images of some of the newer Inhumans. And I know, what was her, what was her name? Luna was in there. Yeah. Miss, uh, well, yeah, Miss Marvel was in there. Just a little image. And this is written by Donnie Cates, who's, I would say most of his stuff's all right that I read. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, jaw-dropping, but it's never, like, just awful. Right. So it's a decent thing there. Um... Yeah, I don't know what my original point about the humans was, though. I, I think this is just kind of like, we need to kill off some possible, like, books. It kind of feels like X-Men Decimation, where they decided yeah. there were too many mutants. And because they didn't have movie rights to mutants and didn't want to write them as much in the comics, they started writing a bunch of Inhumans. And now that they can do whatever they want with any of the characters, pending the Fox sale, which seems like it's going to happen, uh, they're just killing off all these extra Inhumans. Because I think they said the death toll... Was several thousand from the first issue uh, when the bomb went off. Uh, so yeah, even though they huge. had to take, you know, more important or classic Inhumans like Triton with them, I guess it's their way of kind of clearing house of having so many Inhumans. So I guess the end of this event can do something new with them, but also kind of put them back in the box a little bit so that Inhumans aren't everywhere like they are in the comics. You know, up until this point, after that. Terrigen bomb went off. What I was going to say about... <clears throat> now I remember what actually was, because JP triggered it with when he said the movies. So, I've noticed that since I watched the Inhumans TV show, was, mm-hmm. which was a train wreck of a TV show, <laughs> only thing good was literally the CG on Lockjaw was done perfectly. But, the whole thing was, is that... Um, they used, for the first time I'd ever seen any Inhuman comic was that Black Bolt was using sign language. Hmm. Which I'm always reminded of the Inhumans from the Paul Jenkins Inhumans, like, 12-issue series. Yeah, I you mentioned that before. Which was very good. But Black Bolt never used sign language to communicate anything. So it's very interesting to me that it's like, 
I'll have to yeah. check back and eventually see like who was the creator or writer that said, or even artist that was like, well, it wouldn't make much sense for Black Bolt to not be able to like, how right. does he actually communicate? See, I mean, I think that if you kind of like, they're all kind of related to him to a degree, so it's kind of like even he, his wife. Like you know it, you know him in general. Like you know right. him. Like so, you would know what he's thinking, and like you would also think that you like came with a plan, but. <laughs> That's beside the point. Um, so I did want to say, because you mentioned the Fox-Disney deal, mm-hmm. it I think it is pretty much complete at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, there was the little hitch that Comcast uh, was trying to wedge its way in. I don't think the deal is actually complete. It's just that there's no other offers on the table since Comcast uh, retracted or... It's just out of the running now. Um, it's just paperwork and yeah, legal it, stuff. So we know that it will... Yeah, I mean, Fox is going to get all the actual, like, entertainment IP type stuff. And then Fox Sports and Fox News will just be its own separate thing under yeah. Murdoch. Um, and then, yeah, AT&T bought Time Warner. So now it's AT&T owns yeah. DC Comics or yeah. DC and uh, Disney and Marvel. It's just pretty, pretty interesting. We're all getting consolidated. So, let's see. If the deal closes, yeah, Disney with the controller stake, streaming Hulu service, which is yep. pretty interesting. Uh, 20th Century Fox Films, TV Studios, they've got the Marvel Studios. So, also, you may know this, you may not. I'll do some quick research on it. Mm-hmm. Did the Dark Phoenix movie get scrapped? I had heard rumors that it got scrapped, which I was like, no it way. It filmed it, though. Uh, it got pushed back. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no, the movie's been shot. Like, New Mutants got pushed back, so that pushes Dark Phoenix back. See, that's what I thought. So they're and late then... next year. Yeah, 2019, right? Yeah. That would be interesting if you scrap, like, a fully produced movie. So this is an article. Because I think filming has already uh, been wrapped. We know they definitely filmed because there's screenshots out there of people on set in costumes. So here you go. This is an article from MovieWeb.com. I don't know how reliable a source this could be. Is that supposedly says the production of the new, the two new X Men movies, Dark Phoenix and New Mutants, because of cloudy uh, issues with reshoots. And for it's possible that Disney and Fox will completely scrap these projects as the damage may be irreparable. While a couple of Fox's more recent Marvel movies have rather successful and high quality, specifically Deadpool movies, the 2015 Fantastic Four was an utter disappointment. Clearly, as my water bottle just blew up. Um, and the X-Men Apocalypse was a huge step down from Days of Future Past. Wasn't it? So it says they might be following the same. Like, yeah, this is just kind of conjecture. This I, is like me and JP talking know. on a podcast and throwing it on an article. I mean, so, if anything, they'll probably be like the solo movie. They'll figure out what they got to figure out to get the movie out. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, from, what I, from what I understood, the movie's been fully shot. Like, it's done. Now, I do know New Mutants in particular went through a lot of reshoots. I mean, X-Men movies are kind of done. Like, Logan's great. Deadpool seems to be great. But the the team movies seem to not be that great. I thought Days of Future Past was freaking awesome. But then, yeah, yeah. just like the article says, Apocalypse was definitely a step down. R.I.P. to my favorite bad guy. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were moments in a yeah. Age of Apocalypse that you cared. And there was moments you were like, oh. I actually would have rather had seen more of him in Egypt like as like original yeah I think they kind of lost over yeah like, I mean, his original horsemen were pretty cool I think they should have determined which horseman would which role yeah like Archangel is obviously death because he has to be death but I don't know who Pestilence War and Famine were 
I know the internet speculates who was what, but... Yeah, I mean... The movie didn't make it clear. Because it was Psylocke, Storm, Archangel, and who was the fourth? Magneto. Magneto. Apparently Magneto's war. Which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Which leaves Pestilence and Famine to Storm and Psylocke. I guess you could say Storm might be Famine because she controls water, which is life, and I don't know how Psylocke becomes Pestilence now. I don't know how she'd be either. <laughs> like, I don't know. The movie was trash. <laughs> but but no. I, I don't know. Dark Phoenix Saga is my favorite comic book storyline of all time. I don't have high hopes for the movies, but I expect for it to be fun in its own right. Hopefully it will be. I'm going to go in without too much expectation. Uh, I mean, already, like, because I know the comic book story inside out, Mm -hmm. you know, the movie's already weird because it's got Mystique in there and it's got Quicksilver in there and characters who are not in the original comic version of the story. But, you know, it's a movie. It's going to do its own thing. I think one of those things that, well, this is definitely the last one before Disney takes over, if Disney gets it, because, like, Jennifer Lawrence has no interest in being on these movies anymore. I'm glad for that. Thank you, Jennifer uh, Lawrence, because I like you. I just don't like you as Mystique. Sophie Turner, that's her name, right? Yeah. uh, Sansa. Yeah, she, I don't think she wants to be there anymore. Sansa doesn't want to be Jane Grey anymore. Put the girl to play Storm in more movies. Because she's what's up. Yes. Um, the guy that plays Cyclops is the Andrew dude from Ready Shit. Player One. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ty Sheridan. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, what's Cyclops look like? I mean, this guy, like... I mean, they don't do anything with Cyclops in these movies. Yeah, they anyways. don't. They've never made Cyclops, like, a main character. Nah. Other than maybe the James Marsden one. Like, in the first one, maybe. Cause he was yeah, the first one. Even then, you don't really get too much of who he is, except for he's an uptight dick. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> Logan says to him. He says, you're a dick. He does. That is his life. So another thing, though, that I was reading that I really so far have enjoyed, but it's kind of been a little odd at first. It's not odd. It's good, but it's, it's odd at the same time. That's the best way to put it, is we've got the Immortal Hulk. I've read the first four issues Yeah, I want to check that out. So basically, right now, the storyline is that, okay, so Bruce, in the daytime, is Bruce, and at nighttime, he turns into the Hulk. That's weird. And he just he's, kind of, like, he's a kills bad people or really hurts them. So, so is he actually killing people? Uh, he... Well, the Hulk put this one guy that was like a radioactive gamma scientist that was like killing people by accident. Well, he's kind of killing by accident at the same time he knew he was killing him. He was up in a mountain hiding and the Hulk goes up there and like rips the guy's arms off. You don't see him rip the arms off, but you see it when he buries the guy alive. Okay. Because he's radioactive. He's never going to like die. And you see he's just like a skeleton. He's just like, you know, so it's like Hulk is definitely beating people's ass. He's killing people. So right now the... The kind of storyline or narrative is expressed to a reporter who was a child and the Hulk attacked, like her place, I'm guessing her father was killed by the Hulk in the crossfire cloud damage. And then what happens is that you actually Sasquatch Walter Langowski's character. Yeah. He's in it because of the whole idea of like he knows gamma radiation because yeah. he's essentially the Aren't Hulk. Aren't they about to kill him or something? Well, he got stabbed in the back. Okay. And by? By just a, a fight at a bar. Okay. And because uh, oh, he was coming okay. down to help track the Hulk. Okay. And then what happens is that when the doctors give up on him on the table, the Hulk, or Bruce Banner is like telling the, he sits down with the reporter who's like, oh shit, like it's you. And he's like, yeah, by the way, if it's nighttime, he's not dead. And also on Sasquatch, like, is the next panel. So you're just kind of like... Oh. So, so it's supposed to be kind of told as, like, a horror comic is yeah. what I read originally when it first okay. came out. It's not bad. The Alex Ross covers are just sick. Yeah, they I was in the so covers. sick. Yeah, yeah. And then I read issue two of um, the Ta-Nehisi Coates run of Captain America. Okay. Which, uh, it's got another Alex Ross cover on there, so yeah. it's looking good. How is that comic? 
it's not bad. Okay. And it's not, you know, Connie Sikos is pretty wordy. He can get very wordy. Very political. Yeah, I mean, because he writes for The Atlantic and, like, that's his job. Right. So I totally understand that. Um, and you know, being with Cap, it's like you just kind of assume politics will play a part. And yeah, at this to point, a degree. Not really, which actually has yeah. been kind of refreshing. I'm not completely surprised. So at this point, uh, I mean, they talk about it a little bit here and there, but you know, Cap's always feels like he's in the middle of everything. I feel like Cap comics go back and forth. Like you can be, you know, they they can have that political slant, but then mm-hmm. there's ones where he's just fighting some villains. And yeah, he's fighting some like fake Nazis or yeah, fighting Hydra or something like yeah. that. So right now we've been getting a, it's still you know falling out from the whole Secret Empire thing. Like, okay. are you really the real Cap? Like gotcha. people can't yeah, get past I suppose that. Suppose he has to deal with uh, that. Yeah. Nuke has been your antagonist the last couple or the two issues. Yeah. A bunch of Nuke cyborgs. Uh, there's something going on in Russia, but it wasn't really touched upon in this. Sharon Carter's still old. So Sharon Carter's still old. I don't like it. Yeah, that's kind of whack. They <laughs> should de-ager. Uh, General Thunderbolt Ross is like now kind of like Secretary of Defense, and he's, and he's like, not Red Hawk. Not Red Hawk yeah. now. Yeah, and now he's like telling. He's telling Steve, like, you need to stop. Like, just basically get out of the way. Gotcha. And Steve's like, he's all depressed because Sharon's like now Thunderbolt Ross is like number one person. That, you know his mm. right hand man so he's kind of jealous of that yeah. and he just he just feels kind of useless at this point yeah. it's kind of how Steve feels but yeah that's all I, I really read this week gotcha. I, I got a handle on I'll be writing, reading more of course for next week but we're gonna go on for the last next probably 20 minutes finish out the episode with some 2018 uh, October solicitations they came out about 7-9 days ago we're gonna talk about Marvel we're gonna talk about DC so we're just gonna run down I'm gonna name some things just kind of see what I see Say it out loud. We'll give our opinions real quick. So you got some more, of course, Tom King writing Batman. Batman's always a cash cow. You got some Batman Suka Files. You got Curse Comics Cavalcade, which is another Batman guy in there. But then we get to these things that JP and I were both talking about before <laughs> the show. You get these Batman blank comic, Superman blank comic, and Wonder Woman blank comic. So celebrate 24-hour comics day with the Wonder Woman blank comic. You can write and draw your very own adventure. Amazon Warrior in the 16-page would feature uncoded 80 pound paper the same stock used as dc blanks variant covers that's ideal for drying on okay all right this <laughs> is 16 pages of a blank book that may say batman on the front of it yep it's blank comic number one so it's not even like you know when you go to the conventions you see the artists have a blank of like so you issue could, so they could draw the like cover. hey draw yeah. this yeah exactly exactly Some sketch on the cover. three bucks for this i think that's highway robbery that's you're not even getting a comic for this like you're getting a blank yeah, you're getting the same quality paper, but you're getting blank paper. There's nothing... I, I don't get this at all. So um, it's supposed to be like, draw your own Yeah, paper. draw your own. It's like as you're so, a little kid or something like that, or yeah. you're an artist. But like, here goes a notepad. Like, I mean... Yeah, go to Michael's, get yourself I get a it. I guess because it's not page Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman on the front covers to inspire you to, you know, go ham with the art drawings. Yeah. Like, I was even thinking, like, you could take it to a convention and have different artists... Draw Could you pages. imagine that commission? Sheesh. That would be cool, though. It would be like cool. a book, like 16 yeah. pages, and you've got like a different artist. I mean, that's a good idea. rendition of the character. That's just my idea. That's a it. solid idea. That's not idea. the point of it, but I just thought that was a pretty cool idea. So then we move on. I don't we... want to actually do that. <laughs> so but then I'm being... You heard it here, folks. JP's buying the $3 blank issue. I said it might, book. because then I just thought about the fact you're paying three, four bucks for like paper. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at. I was like, you know. And depending on how like the panels are set up, you might not be able to get what you want anyway. Like the true, design, that's the so. thing. Are they there? There. So are there panels in or? Well, actually, like, it says pages? blank, so I'm assuming it's blank pages. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. It's just like yeah. So I guess you could have I yes. could go like to Walmart and just buy a sketch pad. Yeah. 
But I mean, I guess it's the cardstock paper. So yeah. That's, you're paying for that too. So you got the Sandman Universe books coming out. You got Book of Magic, Lucifer 1. Those are coming out. That should be big. I know that I need to finish the Sandman. I really enjoy what I've read so far. That's the Neil Gaiman book, um, Vertigo book. Good stuff there. Heroes in Crisis looks to be like the Tom King um, crossover book or event mm-hmm. book. It looks like just based off of the description, you've got there's a suspected murder. A suspected of murder, blank, can't give away that way, and blank, <laughs> find that this has been redacted. Find themselves on the run of the super hospital called Sanctuary, and it's up to Batman to solve the crime, but suspicion falls on him when Superman and Wonder Woman ponders how much Sanctuary AI is telling them. So, you're going to get kind of that. Um, should be interesting. Get some Justice League Dark, finally. The Witching Hour, which is another tie-in to actually Justice League Dark, which should be able to issue four. You get Wonder Woman 56, 57. Tiny-ins on that until November, then G. Willow Wilson mm-hmm. takes over there. And then you've got... Let's see, Aquaman on there, 41. Aquaman's pretty solid, man, I'm telling you. You've been um, reading it? Yeah, I'm all about it. Okay. And then Justice League 10, Scott Snyder. So this is five issues away from what I'm already, I've already read. It says, Drowned Earth, the one yeah. where learns that Cheetah gained new powers and killed the Greek sea god Poseidon. What? Well, yeah, I'm glad they spoiled that for us that quickly. <laughs> that sets Aquaman off on a search for answers, bringing him into conflict with an entity known as the Flood. Is she the new god of water? I believe so, it sounds like. <laughs> I was thinking this is a very a cat. god of war premise. I don't know. Kill the Greek gods. So, basically, yeah, Cheetah's going to be doing that. Wonder Woman will be in there, too. Well, yeah, what's well, Justice League books? They're all in there. We got some Hex Wives, which is uh, more of the Vertigo books that are coming out. Old Lady Harley have zero interest in it. Um, I have zero interest in this book. What about you, JP? What are your thoughts on Old Lady Harley? I mean, I, I was just thinking Old Man Logan. Well, that's what they are. Yeah, they did that already. Um, they kind of introduced this character, and then they're kind of doing the whole Old Man Logan thing. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I... I I think Harley Quinn is a fine character, but I've never really been big in her books, and I feel like I'm okay with that because a lot of other people are, and support it and give it money, so kudos to the success. But I just I don't read Harley Quinn comics, so but you know this because this is not a standard Harley Quinn comic. This is I guess out of continuity. It might be a fun story. I can at least skim through it and determine if I want to give it like a full sit down read. Uh, I, I'm kind of neither here nor there with it. Yeah, I it's mean, in, it sounds interesting though. Okay. I mean, for me, I'm just I'm I'm done with Harley Quinn. Like, ah! I play Hero Clicks. There's six of her in a set. Oh well, yeah, there's I a mean, whole set know. after her. I just like this whole She's Deadpool Harley thing. Yeah, I get it. You got to make money where you can. Yeah, I know that's something we've talked about. Kind of done with it. Ad nauseum. You go to a convention. It's like not only are there a bunch of Harley Quinns and Deadpool's, but like they crossbreed with other things. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a a Harley Quinn mixed with a something or like a Deadpool that's also a Pikachu or a Super Mario or an Iron Man or Joker Doctor Doom I don't know there's or like Deadpool's running around with like Captain America shields that are black and red like so going forward here, just a lot of Batman, the usual stuff. We're up to 57 of Tom King's run. We got Batman Beyond in there with Dan Jurgens. Got this uh, new comic called Border Town. The first issue comes out in um, September, but I'm just going to give everybody a quick preview on this because when you see something on the solicitations that kind of you don't know about, you always want to just check it out real quick. After barely surviving the supernatural showdown at the Jack in the Box, the kids regroup over nachos to debate what to do when the town is overrun by monsters of myth. Frank's freaked and wants to go to the cops. Julieta 
can't because family is undocumented. Amy wants to know the secrets of Underworld. And Quinta might just be hungry. Meanwhile, El Chupacabra crossed the border between worlds, bringing with him an unspeakably terrifying fort to Devil's Fork. I have no idea what it is. I'm assuming this is a Vertigo book. <laughs> um, but actually, it doesn't say that, which is kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure you're there. I know we get some of the, uh, the books by Bendis are coming through. We got Pearl number two. So Pearl one comes out. I'm sorry, not Pearl number two. Cover number two comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be out there October. So September would be the entrance of this book. Got some of the new phase of heroes, Curse of Brimstone, Damage. What about you? Have you been reading any of those? The uh, not Curse of Heroes, the Dawn of New Heroes. Yeah, the, the new stuff. Yeah. I want to say I checked out the first one of what's the name? Slide, slide, slide. Uh, there's Silencer. So, what's there's Damage. Just said it. I'm like, there's Brimstone. The Spider-Man. Sideways. 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 Yeah. It. Sideways. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I I gotta have a collection. Like. <laughs> so. Keep going down the list. Your typical stuff, Green Lantern. Okay, my favorite, Harley Quinn. You get issue number 52. (laughs) Hawkman 5. Injustice is still doing its thing. You've got House of Whispers number 2. I mean, so it just looks like right now, based off what I'm seeing, it's just a lot of the same stuff. DC really hasn't canceled a lot of books. Ah, that's why I said Pearl, because Bendis also does Pearl, the comic. This will be on issue 3. Of that. And Scarlet, too. He does Scarlet, which is piping back up. And you got Plastic Man, which is always fun. That's by Gail Simone. I actually like that. You check it out. Scarlet, did you just say that? You just said that, right? Yeah, number three. Um, So now we're going to get some more of your typical Benda stuff. And on Scarlet, you've got Alex Malev on there Mm -hmm. as well. So Scooby Apocalypse by Keith Giffen. I still like that comic. I think it's good. You get so sideways is up to number nine. I'm shocked that thing isn't gone. Uh, <laughs> Silencer 10. Is that, I like Silencer. Oh, yeah. So we were going to mention this. Two real quick things. Interesting point out. JP brought this one up earlier. Suicide Squad number 47. The cover is the exact like look of the movie characters. Yeah. Which, so once again, got some Harley Quinn in there for you. Yep. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about this. Just, I, I, don't, I hope it's just the cover, and I hope that's not all the characters like new look I've actually read the first two arcs of the Suicide Squad and I actually enjoyed them but it wasn't they didn't look exactly like their movie counterparts they still Mm -hmm. look like the DC characters and then I see a Supergirl number 23 which has a foil cover by Stanley Art Germ big quotes there Lau yeah I looks very anime-esque. I yeah. don't know if Kevin McGuire's art is anime-esque, but... Nah. Sometimes American comics just aren't meant to look like anime characters. And vice versa. Sometimes that's just the way it I is. I mean, like, Art Germ's art has been really blowing up over the past year or two. Um, his art's been featured on a lot of... Well, it's getting featured on more and more comic uh, covers. I know he has, like... Well, I actually have uh, some prints of his... Uh, like, I have a Poison Ivy and Catwoman that he did. Uh, while that appears very anime-ish, all of his art, while anime-inspired looking, uh, doesn't quite look that cartoonish. Mm. Uh, let me see if I can pull up. 
Now, is he the one that, like, when I see those, uh, for example, either statues or... I know the, there's been a number of statues talking about, like, They're very anime-esque looking, the female characters, predominantly. Probably. That, that's probably them. Okay, all right. Well, while JP's looking that up, I'm just going to kind of finish off the solicitations. A lot of the same stuff that you're used to, like we kind of alluded to, we talked about the uh, Tom King crossover event that looks like it would be seven issues but with the murder. Batman trying to solve that. You've got some trade paperbacks, and you've got some... Uh, Hardbacks coming out, they're just kind of reprints. You know, you got your your Nightfalls, you've got your Batman Sins of the Father, you've got the Hush Saga on the boost. So you got some things like that coming out there. But Marvel, before we get started on Marvel's October solicitations, is that uh, Infinity War, Infinity Wars came out. No, that was actually one of the comics yeah. this past week. So, so I did read that. So we read that, and we found out who Requiem was. Yeah. And I was quite disappointed. I knew I I'm would. not surprised. I, I knew I would be. I know. So we have to actually step back one issue and talk about Infinity Wars Prime, which was kind of the issue before that. Which probably should have just been Infinity Wars number one. Yeah, which showed you that's where Gamora kills Thanos. Well, yeah, so you just ruined it for everyone. Oh, well, that happened two weeks ago. Oh, I mean, no, like, if you're cool, I don't care. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, you said Requiem. I know that's what she's going oh, by. Oh, well, Requiem. I, did, I thought we weren't ruining Well, Marvel that. ruined that. Marvel, no, because, like, in the current solicitations, that. it actually says Requiem. Yeah. Oh, but they showed that even um, a day or two after. They tell oh, you they who, did? They okay. tell you who dies, who... Well, yeah, Thanos. Thanos, Thanos right, they, and somebody they tell, else. But they don't tell you who... They tell you Requiem did it, but I don't think they revealed... So, in Infinity Wars 1, when you read it, yeah. You know Thanos is dead. Correct. Because they throw his head. Correct. And then someone else dies. I'm not going to Are you talking about that last page? Yes, I'm not going to. They're gonna... on the next cover. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's not <laughs> dead. The cover he after that. Or her. He ain't dead. So, <laughs> someone gets hurt very badly. And I don't see them, I don't see them being alive. Um, but we'll see. I mean... But basically, Requiem <laughs> is a is a character we all know. Yeah. It's a very well-known character. It's disappointing. At least for me, it was disappointing. Um, basically, Infinity Wars, though, issue one, the, the meetup, they met in the park, all the people with an Infinity Stone, and they're all talking. And I actually thought that was kind of a decent little thing there. Loki has this kind of odd storyline going on where he's yeah. trying to find his place in the universe, and he meet We get... We see this, like, soul sucker or soul eater or something. Yeah, soul eater. Yeah, so we meet that kind of villain, but from another realm. So that was kind of the interesting. The storyline. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The I thought the line. Loki Thor was kind of cool. Yeah, so the Loki Thor, it has all the Infinity Stones and wields Mjolnir. Yeah. And he's, like, buff. He's Loki. Yeah, he's, like, oh, Loki and Thor. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. But the soul eater killed him. But so... With the solicitations here for October, immediately first thing I see, so this is Marvel hyping this, Spider-Gannon 1 and 2 will be out. That's 1 and 2 of 5, written by Christos Gage and Dan Slott. You got, I'm going to say Jorge Molina. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like it should be all right. Four bucks for a crossover event. It should be solid. A lot of spiders, though. Here we got Spider-Force 1 of 3, Vault of Spiders number 1. Spider Girls number one, Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. Who cares about that one, folks? I just have no interest in the character. Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen is just like Deadpool now. Just there's too many Spider Gwens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's getting there. Yeah, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man three eleven, um, Superior Octopus. This will be one I actually want to check out because it's about uh, Doc Ock is now the yeah. protector of San Francisco. So we'll see what's going on there. So we talked about this last week, and now I've seen the cover. It's Shiri number one. 
So it is exactly similar to the character that is portrayed in the movies, not the comics. Correct. So this will be interesting if it actually brings comic book fans in. I don't think... I think Marvel just does... What, they're, they're all going to do what they want. We know well, that. Yeah. That's just what they do. Yeah. But my thing is that I don't see them changing the character of her from what it was to this is going to like attract more readers. I just don't. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't it, see the point It personally. throws me off as someone who's followed the character's journey from her first appearance in Black Panther, whatever volume that was, number one, in like the 2000-something, whenever that came out. Uh, her character journey as this mystical shaman, whatever she is... Currently, uh, by Ta-Nehisi Coates, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I thought his run of Black Panther and the things that he did with Shuri are fine. However, throwing her, uh, or no, just changing her into the movie version is really disjointing. I don't get it. I mean, I get it because it's yeah. sales and marketing over story. Uh, and then they're just going to come up with what they hope to be a good story to support it. It just doesn't make sense as far as where the comic character is now. But I digress. It is what it is. So with that being said, we've got more Infinity War tie-ins. We've got Sleepwalker, which I'm actually happy about that. I'll I like wait. Sleepwalker. I'll wait until it comes in trade or comes in Marvel in a little bit, but I'll check yeah. that out. So Infinity Wars, though, number four six, description states, Requiem is victorious. Infinity has been warped. Reality only has one hope. So there's Infinity <laughs> Warp tie-ins that we talked about, or Infinity Warp kind of characters. They will be playing into it. So I'm sure we're going to have just some off-the-wall... Like, for example, here's one. Arachnite, which is Moon Knight and Spider-Man together. So, I think that looks kind of cool. Though. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but I, I just... I don't like when it's like... I feel like all of these writers sit there and say, I've got to do something so outside of the box. Well, yeah, yeah. To make my mark. And it's like, I'm going to warp. I'm going to have character combos. It's like, you couldn't just write a comic without doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sure, they all yeah. try and do it, and they got to have tie-ins, and it's like, that's the big thing. they got to spin out tie-ins, but I, I don't see it. we got Iron well, Hammer. Yeah. Like, am I really going to really going to read the Soldier Supreme, which is the Cap-Doctor Strange hybrid combo? I mean, I, I, I actually think that's kind of interesting. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It kind of reminds me of Amalgam back in the 90s. Weapon uh, DC versus Marvel, when they combined universes. Ugh. Well, I don't know. Some of those are interesting. I'll check them out, I'm sure. I'll flip through like them. Like the, the Cap, the, the, the Doctor Doom, Captain America, and the Spider Knight, the Moon Knight seem kind of interesting. Then we get some uh, Unstoppable Wasp with the very anime-esque cover. This looks yeah. like I want no... There's a couple of different covers. I want no part of... Yeah, there are. There are There's, three, yeah, three four okay. different covers. I have no interest in this comic book, though. Okay, Nadia Pym. You know, not, I didn't. Or Nadia Van Dyne is not mine. I didn't because I think wasp. it's kind of weird because like, I know they have the comic connection of Hank, but Nadia in the comics is Hank's first wife's daughter mm-hmm. uh, and apparently comic history so I do know that when Hank Pym was introduced like in the 60s like he was divorced or his wife had died or had left mm-hmm. or whatever but apparently in modern continuity she left she was pregnant when they broke up Okay. she never told him mm-hmm. even though that was her husband she never told him that she was having a baby I guess they got the divorce it was finalized she didn't feel like dealing with him so of course years later now Nadia is a teenager um, while Hank w- is possessed by Ultron, Nadia pops up to all the other characters, so they all know about her. Wasp, who of course Nadia eventually became Wasp uh, during the time I think Wasp was presumed dead. Yep. Uh, but Wasp 
really has no direct connection to Nadia because she used to be married to her father, uh, who is now Ultron Pym somewhere in space murdering, uh, what's his name? Adam Warlock clone. Uh, yes. yes. But it's like she's not married to, to her father anymore. And she's not really her stepmom. Yeah. You know, but why did she? They have, didn't know each other when Janet was her stepmom. Yeah, so why did she have so, Van Dyne as the last name? I don't get. I don't yeah. get that. That and like aside from them will be sharing done. the moniker of Wasp, done. like they really. I mean, aside yeah, aside from them both being Wasp, yeah. there's no really common connection to throw those two together. Uh, but I do think it's kind of interesting. I guess Janet's mentoring her, so I kind of do want to check that out. I I will research to find out why she's <laughs> taking the Van Dyne name, but that yeah. cover alone is I'm passing. She on has that. no connection to it, really. Shatterstar one of five will come out. Black Panther vs. Deadpool one of five. Then we got the X Men Black titles we talked about on our comic cast, yeah, or comic con yeah, episode, which was last episode before. regarding the comics. So we talked about all those. Um, then we're getting some what ifs. Yeah, I'm more into these what ifs and these warp titles. We got what I if like magic. what ifs. Yeah, me too. I think they should do this more often. I think every that, year they should have yeah. what ifs. So we've got uh, what if magic number one. Where she looks like she's become, it looks like the way they've presented her, she's become the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I'm not interested. And then we've got what if X Men, where it looks like Cable and Domino. That one actually kind of seems interesting. I don't like the cover, but I like the premise. So, okay, so this is really getting weird because they've got, so you can bypass all the kind of data centric digital world that we live in with the dot. EXE slash yeah, gene, see, so like, like the that. execute yeah. code or command. Um, so, Romer, free roamers, Domino and Cable have taken up every dirty job there is on the scape. So, yeah, that might be actually all right. That's pretty yeah, cool. I think the premise is pretty cool. Then you got what if Thor's father falls the king of the giants and Thor was the one adopted by That him. looks interesting as hell. That's pretty cool. And, and one good thing about this, folks, is right now these what if titles are only $4. They're not 5 They could very easily charge you 5 yeah. Um But then right here, you've got. The final one, or not the final one, you got What If Ghost Rider. Um, he looks like he is just playing guitar on his car from the cover. And when moral decline and budgetary shortfalls are combined to lower our lawyer's resistance, recklessly bringing the tale of the first truly nerded black metal band, huh? Okay. Sure. Whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what if Spider Man number one, where it's Flash, was the one bitten? Yeah, I mean. What if Punisher looks like he's actually. Peter Parker. Then we have Marvel I think that Zombies. Was kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the way his guns look, the shooters there. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Zombies 1, we talked about that last week. Uh, Avengers number 9, this is the storyline that I'll be catching up probably within the week is the Jason Aaron run on Avengers. Yeah. Um, we've got a picture of Namor who's looking like something out of like a leather band or something. It kind of looks some... like a Final Fantasy character. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that's definitely. What I actually it looks like. like that look. I just think it's weird for Namor. Yeah. But I think the design is pretty cool. We got Champions 25. Ooh, we got West Coast Avengers number three. I won't be checking that one out. <laughs> um, that just teams. This looks so bad. And guess who's on the team, y'all? Spider Gwen. Oh, wow. Hooray. Ah. Uh, we got Thor 6, who he, this cover that they're showing looks just disgusting. Looks so great. Um, they're still tying back into the whole King Thor and old Fe- or the old Phoenix kind of relationship. Yeah, I um when I was reading the last issue of Avengers, and I think Thor... No, was it Infinity Wars number one where Thor mentioned something about King Thor? And I had to think about it for a second. Like, what? So you get some more Immortal Hulk, Tony Stark, Iron Man. 
you get some more Captain America. Once again, Alex Ross is just making covers. They're just straight fire. He's a beast. And then you've got Amazing Spider-Man number seven. Yep. Which is Nick Spencer writing it, but Humberto Ramos must be filling in for Otley because right now it shows him as the artist and cover artist. So maybe Otley's taking a, a break. Could be. Uh, he deserves one. Or maybe he's I doing six art. issues and then he's moving on. I hope not. Because um, then number eight shows Humberto Ramos as well. Maybe it's just an arc that yeah. Humberto's on. Which I'm not mad at that because uh, Humberto has done plenty of Spider-Man before. Uh, he has a more cartoonier art style. More cartoonier than Ryan Otley's, who is somewhat cartoony, but is more just very expressive or characteristic. Uh, you know, it's, it's his own thing. It's his own style, but... Uh, I mean, I like both of them. They're good artists. We'll get some more Fantastic Four. Number three will be coming out. Tons of covers there. Don't worry I about like that, I like that one folks. cover with all the, all all the, the people that used to be. Yeah. Well, including the current team, but everyone who was a member of Fantastic Four, right? Including to, like, the alternate Fantastic Four team with uh, Ghost Rider on there. And yep, I see him in the background. We got Ghost him, Rider. Spider-Man, Hulk, Black Panther. Wolverine, yeah, or, yeah, that's what it was. Ghost yeah. Rider, Hulk. For like two issues, yeah, it was, it was, it was literally only two issues. Yeah, they got Marvel two and one, telling more of the story of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, some Cosmic Ghost Rider with the cover. This is issue four. I have not checked that out yet, but people seem to be enjoying it. He, I mean, I read him when he first introduced into the Thanos comic by Donny Cates. Um, This cover is funny though because he's carrying a baby Thanos on his shoulders. Yeah, Century number five. I read the first issue. I got to check out the second issue. What did you think of the first issue? It's interesting. Okay. It's very interesting. The century is interesting, but I don't really like him. Yeah, he's not the most like, oh yeah, I'm like, if somebody said to me who your favorite character is, I would never say the century. Would he wouldn't be my top five, but I will tell you a quick story. My girlfriend's, um, like, second cousin, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, her second cousin. He's 10 years old at Christmas last year. I was like, oh, what, you know, what'd you ask for? And he's like, oh, I wanted, you know... Uh, action figures like Marvel Super action figures I said oh okay like who's your favorite character this 10 year old no joke says the century and, yeah, I, and I, I lost I mean, my shit I knew you were going to say like, that and I was I'm like, just thinking what alright so I knew you were going to say that and the whole time I'm thinking like what 10 year old knows about the century yeah like, I guess he's in the cartoon how I guess I yeah guess, he could be was, in the Marvel action hour, I was blown away by it yeah, but century, you were saying that about the century that you don't really like. You don't love him, but you don't like you like dislike yeah, I don't, him. I mean, like, like, well, I don't really like him, but he's an interesting character. I mean, he's in a lot of the Bendis Avengers stuff, so I'm read up on him as far as that goes. I've read some of the Paul Jenkins stuff. Like, I read the funeral issue, and on it was just Paul Jenkins' love letter to Century, and I thought it came across as very bad and distasteful. But uh, other than that, like, I, I, I mean. It's hard to even say I dislike him. He's just not a... I don't know. So then we got Black Panther 5. Yeah, another volume of Black Panther. I know what you mean. The century's just like... Eh, yeah. It's like, you're not hyped, but you're not yeah, like, like, like... It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, he exists. You got Daredevil coming out with more two issues of that. As Guardians of the Galaxy on the second issue. New new story coming through yeah. there. Punisher 4. You've got Doctor Strange. You've got... just your typical stuff. Yeah. Um, you do get a different one, though. You get a digital originals comic, which... Uh, it's funny when I tweeted this out, um, or at least when I saw it tweeted out... Yeah. That the whole, oh, what is this teaser of Blind Spot? And I literally sat there and I was like, I said to myself, but, and I was stupid enough to comment on one of the big, like, you know, websites about it and just say, like, no, this is what it is. And I called it. It's Jessica Jones, her book. Yeah. Like, you knew they, if they got a Marvel, if you have a TV show, 
you have a comic. Pretty much. That's kind of how it works. So she's going to have her own digital first, written by Kelly Thompson, who by Michael Bendis chose her to be the successor there. It says the death of the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Hopefully that's the case because this comic needs to go. (laughs) Um, Runaway's 14. Hey, it's got a TV show. It's got a comic. Um, You get some more Captain Marvel. And that's pretty much it here, folks. So, and then, you know, you got your typical X titles there. So, pretty much with that being said, uh, yeah, Weapon H, oh, Old Man Logan finally dying. Thank you. Uh, X-Men Red's on Is there. Is he really going to die? Yeah, of course not. They'll bring him back. Uh, X-Men Red has Nightcrawler with a beard. And yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for the solicitation. So, not a lot of ground-shaking shake-ups there. But just, you know, we'll see what they do. We'll, and you just got to read to find out. So, JP, any any final comments before we conclude? Uh, nothing that I could think of, man. All right. Well, with that said, guys, this is the Bag the Border Podcast, a weekly podcast devoted to comics. And you can check us out and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud with the Bag the Border. You can find us there as well as on Twitter at the Weekly BB. And we'll be coming at you next week before I go on vacation the week after that. But with that, everybody have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.